So today is the first Sunday of the uh, of the Holy Fifty Days, and uh, if we remember that we we commemorate the first forty days of, of the resurrection, and this was the time that Christ revealed Himself to the disciples and also to other people, and then of course the last uh, ten days in which we celebrate the Ascension to the fe- the Feast of the Pentecost, in which Christ promises the disciples to send to them uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, and in this uh, gospel reading, we, we read the very famous story uh, of Thomas, uh, and, and sometimes we refer to him as Doubting Thomas, which is like, you know, he's probably like, oh, that's not the nicest name to give me, but it's, a, <laughs> uh, but we, we call Tom, Thomas Sunday, and uh, Christ uh, appears to, uh, the evening of the resurrection, he appears to the disciples, and he rebukes uh, in a in a in a very uh, loving way to Thomas that uh, you know you sought to uh, that you're in, in order for you to believe that you must touch and and see and touch the wounds um, in order to assure yourself that that the resurrection happened. Although this event in which Thomas uh, joined the disciples and Christ appeared, this was. A week later, so the first the first evening was when Christ appeared to the disciples, but Thomas was not there, and so it was not until about a week later that Thomas then joined, and they said, "He is risen. He came, and we saw him." And Thomas says, "Well, I'm not going to believe unless I myself see him and touch and t- touch the wounds." And so, um, you know, this this gospel reading for us is. You know, as we know, the very simple message is that there is a truth to the resurrection that many times we find difficulty or we are tempted to to not fully accept. Or maybe we accept, but we don't realize the magnitude of what the resurrection means for us and for our eternal life and for what we were called for. And so... What I want to reflect on this morning is what the uh, what Christ provided or what Christ offered to the disciples that gives them the grace needed to believe without having to see, without having to have certain requirements that I set for God, that my faith in you, my belief in you is dependent on you providing these certain criteria. Right. Sometimes, you know, when we're really going through a difficult time in our life, we say, "God, you have to do this, or else I'm done." Right? Or I'm gonna be like, you know, I can't accept unless you you do the following. And so, I want to reflect again on those uh, graces that that God offers us in order to believe, and and not to. Um, put conditions on on Christ in in my for my belief. The first thing that Christ he says to the disciples was peace be to you. And if you notice that the very first thing that the that the priest says is when he says, okay, we're going to pray. Let us pray. And then he says the first thing is peace be with you all. So the first thing that Christ says to the people is peace be to you and even saint paul he says grace and peace be with you so 
the one in order for us to to find peace and to accept peace and to receive peace there's a grace that comes with it and so the reason why even we don't even need to say uh, you know grace and peace is that because the grace that we that we accept from Christ is the resurrection the death and the resurrection um, The first time, so we read in the gospel reading, when he said this, he showed them, um, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So even with Christ, the sign that gave gladness to the disciples was his wounds. And so... When we, when we see this grace which was by, done and fulfilled by the death and the resurrection of Christ, all that was done, and it doesn't take away the fact that there was a certain suffering, that there were wounds on Christ. And so it's kind of strange that whenever we read that the disciples saw Christ and they saw even his wounds and that he showed them his hands, that they were glad. And it's not that they were happy because he had wounds, obviously, but they were glad to see him. They were glad to see that that the man in the man that they put their lives and their trust in, and who promised that he would die and rise for the sake of their salvation, has now been revealed to them as the resurrected Lord. So again, everything has now been fulfilled. And we know that the disciples from the very beginning always struggled with this concept. They always struggled with Christ's mission. Even to the very end, when Christ prophesied, when Christ prophesied his, his death, that the disciples, even St. Peter was like, no, it, it can't be done. And so now this gladness is a sense of closure that this person that is standing in front of them uh, is Christ, the living God. Um, many times when we look to the resurrection of Christ uh, and forget about what it was that preceded the resurrection, we forget that it opened for us a new life and a new body. And um, what is unique about this new body, which is, again, a grace that God gives us, is that it bears signs of the sacrifices from the temporal life. And we hear many times stories about how those who sacrifice in the world, that they receive many crowns in heaven. And so what are these crowns? These crowns are not necessarily from the, when you, when you first see them that, oh, it's beautiful, but it's a sign of the sacrifice. When we see crowns, when we see saints who are crowned in heaven, it's not because now that they're in heaven that they have a crown, but it is that their place in heaven is beautified by the sacrifices that they made in the temporal life. And so these signs, again, are 
a sign that give gladness that when we see crowns and when we are promised crowns in heaven that we feel a sense of, of joy, we feel a sense of gladness. St. Peter in his epistle, he says, Rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So our gladness is a result of our understanding of Christ's suffer, uh, suffering on the cross and the glory of his resurrection. And that because of my belief in the truth, I believe in the truth of the resurrection, that I feel a sense of joy in partaking in that suffering. So for the disciples, they were glad because they themselves were suffering. And as we know that they were kind of isolating themselves from the, in fear of the Jews because they, were, they, they knew that their lives were being threatened. So whenever Christ appeared to them, and showed him and, and showed them his wounds, then they became glad because now they see and desire to participate in suffering with him. Because now they see that the result of the suffering or enduring the suffering, the result or the or the outcome or the promise is resurrection. The promise is uh, a life of peace and a life of joy. So, for us, when we see Christ, we always see on the icon, we see the wounds on such a beautiful icon and an icon that is supposed to be of, of gladness and joy that we process and we chant, you know, uh, you know hymns that are joyful. And, and we, we have Christ here with the wounds to remind us of the grace of the death and the resurrection that this grace gives me gladness that this death and resurrection gives me gladness that the wounds give me gladness knowing that even in my weakness and even in a life of, of suffering and sacrifices that the promise that Christ has for all of us has been fulfilled and will be fulfilled in our resurrection. The second grace that we hear about in today's gospel is the grace of uh, forgiveness of sin, the forgiveness of sin, and and for us, especially as we under as we as we um, uh, manifest this this forgiveness of sin, which is through the sacrament of confession. We read in the gospel reading, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, "Receive the Holy Spirit." If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So the first grace that Christ revealed was again the grace of the resurrection from the dead and the right to become children of God. The right to become children of God. So that right belongs to those who accept and believe in the resurrection of Christ and that the continued renewal of that forgiveness and the, uh, and the grace from the cross and the resurrection are granted to us by the grace that, is, that comes through the church. Even St. Paul, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, the grace of the forgiveness of sin in which Christ spoke to the disciples about is a grace that is given, is a grace that is continued after the resurrection and is for those who accept and believe in the resurrection. So the resurrection of Christ is for all humanity. All humanity are given the right to become children of God. And with that right, it is according to our will that we accept and believe in the resurrection, not just the resurrection of Christ, but the resurrection in the flesh, of the flesh, the resur our resurrection, that we join Christ and that he, His resurrection was for our, our ability to join Him in the paradise of joy. So when we are in Christ, then we, can, we constantly seek out the graces of the church to receive renewal and to be forgiven of our sins. And it's not just about the grace of forgiveness that we receive from the church or an absolution from a priest. But here we're also talking about the grace that Christ even gives to all of us through the forgiveness, through forgiving each other. Right? So even uh, St. Paul, he says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So the grace that we receive from Christ, which is the forgiveness of sin, isn't administered to the people just by Christ in, in which he said, you know, I forgive the people. But he said, no, go and forgive the sins of the people and then they will be forgiven. So the grace of forgiveness of sin isn't just something that is administered by God, but the grace of forgiveness of sin and forgiveness in general is a grace that we should be receiving from Christ and also giving to each other. That even our brotherly love, that we should have compassion on each other, that we should love each other, that we should forgive each other, because we remember the, the grace of the forgiveness of sin that Christ gives me. And that that forgiveness of sin is made possible because I believe in the resurrection of Christ and in the resurrection of the flesh. And the last grace that I want to reflect on from the gospel re reading is the grace of the new body. Today, Maybe we wake up with back pain, or we're hungry, we get tired, uh, or anxious, and all these different feelings, and all these different pains and sufferings. And so we become dependent on, we become dependent on things, like coffee, or our Tempur-Pedic mattress, or you know, food, whatever it might be. We become dependent on these things because of, because our bodies are weak. Because after the fall of humanity, that many th everything began to, to, to fall apart. And so the grace that Christ reveals is the grace of restoration. And this state or this restoration, which we pray every week, every liturgy, 
is a state in which all I'm dependent on is Christ. That there aren't any distractions anymore for me. Many times what distracts us even from prayer or reading the Bible or attending liturgy is again all of these weaknesses and we depend on certain things. But what we strive for is to be part of this grace which is the grace of this restoration in which I deny the needs of the body in order to be dependent solely on on God. I'm not saying don't drink coffee, but what I'm saying is that this is the promise that is for us. That making any sacrifices or prioritizing Christ over the needs over the needs that I have over myself is something that, that I should strive for in my life. So in today's gospel Christ, He gives hope to the disciples in the life of rest, a life in which our relationship with the Lord again is no longer interrupted by the temptations of Satan or the weaknesses of the body. So we might again experience them now, but we continue to celebrate over these next uh, you know, 40 days or so to, um, to remember the hope that Christ gave us and to be consoled that we find this hope in the eternal life that He promises. So we accept, we find, and we accept grace through the death and resurrection of Christ. We accept the grace of the forgiveness of our sins and to manifest that forgiveness to those who are around me and also to hope for the grace of the restoration in the eternal kingdom. To Him be the glory both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net. That's www.stbasil.net. Or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.